Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me again. Nice to have you along. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with a fellow Aussie. Great to have Ella Burke along with me today. Ella is based in Australia and has recently launched a brilliant new business in the HR world. So I want to have a, a bit of a chat about that. So Ella, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, whereabouts are you then in Australia? I am located in Perth, so west, Western Australia, right on the coast. Uh, wonderful. And if you're listening to this from outside of Australia, make sure you get there one day when all the restrictions are gone. Wonderful city, wonderful city. And unlike the east coast of Australia, the sun sets over the water, so you can actually enjoy a nice sunset. Is that right, Ella? Yeah, that's, that's it. It's definitely <laughs> good. <laughs> Head down to the coast for a nice drink on a Sunday afternoon. Nice, nice. Uh, look, you've got a brilliant business there and a, and a very cool name, employee, but do you want to give us a quick background to yourself and then what led to the formation of the business? Yeah, sure. So um, basically my background is in Australian industrial relations. Mm-hmm. Um, in more recent years, I've shifted into more kind of strategic human resources, projects and employee experience roles. I've worked both in unions and as an internal HR for large uh, companies. And then earlier this year, I recently launched my new company called Employee. Um, so that's been going since May. So it's fairly new, but, you know, a lot of planning and everything went into it. And um, yeah, it's been progressing well. That's great. Yeah. And that's interesting that you've got the combination of the, I don't know, the in-house versus the the union experience um, because I see on, on your website, the business, you offer services to both employers and employees. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. So I guess having experience on both sides, I've kind of seen the benefit um, in the fact employees and employers really need to work together. And I feel like it's, it's no longer an us versus them approach. Um, and organizations that still have that us versus approach when it comes to human resources. I feel like they're not going to achieve as much in, in terms of organization, organizational culture, productivity, and everything like that. Um, so through both experiences, I kind of realized there was a bit of a gap where employees didn't really have somewhere they could go other than unions and lawyers. And I wanted to present a bit of an alternative that was still affordable and accessible but it also had a really strategic approach as well. So it wasn't just, um, you know, let's say it was a difficult conversation about performance management. We weren't just focusing on that short-term win. We were actually planning about their long-term career strategy and and career goals. Um, And that's the kind of approach I have with employees. So I feel like it's important that we, yeah, we do support both employees, but then we also want them to work in great workplaces. We want their bosses to understand the benefits of having a, an awesome culture. And so I also offer services to employers. So whether it's um, industrial relations, whether it's employee experience, anything in between. Um, yeah. So I decided to, instead of just pick one, I thought, let's do both. They need to work together anyway. So here we are. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's really good. Yeah. And people sort of misunderstand the role of unions and it's, as you say, it's evolved so much. I remember when I was in an HR role and, there was a, an underperforming employee, let's say, and it dragged on forever because it was a 100% unionized workplace. And so it took a long time to ultimately lead to dismissal. And at that point, um, some of the, the local 
shop stewards, the, the local union reps came up and said, what took you so long? We wanted him gone ages ago. So I think having these good lines of communications open with the, the delegates is really important. So it's, and, and how do you sort of work out, I don't know, price points and service offerings to employees versus employers? Because everything we talk about, for instance, on this podcast is generally how you service employers, but it's a different kettle of fish when it comes to individuals, right? How do you plan yeah. that? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, obviously, you know, employers, you can do a bit of research and see what other people are charging and, and make sure you do hit that price point. Um, and I won't lie, it's, it's, uh, you can definitely charge an employer more than an employee. Yeah. Um, people, I don't think, typically are used to spending money on this kind of thing either. So I have reduced my hourly. So if you broke it down to an hourly rate, it is definitely more accessible for employees. But what we've tried to do is, um, I suppose, streamline the processes so we can make it as efficient as possible so we can and give them the service, um, you know, high-quality service that's not going to drag on and we can still provide that advice. We've also got different ways we do that. So we're about to launch a um, basically a members hub and on there there'll be tons of resources and um, you know, opportunities for Ask Me Anything and things like that where people can actually go and get some of the basic information they need because a lot of the times we find it's it's just people who need a little bit of confidence of, hmm, how do I check how much I should be paid or is this appropriate or can my boss do this? So a lot of those questions, we can provide them with that advice up front. And then, of course, you do get some of the bigger issues where it is more beneficial to have that chat and for us to come and actually directly support you. So I think it's having a range of services that cater for different situations. Um, and a big thing at employee is that we're trying to build accountability in people. So, you know, it's your career, it's your livelihood. You've got to take a bit of accountability over that. And I think that's a little bit of a shift in attitude, in my experience at least. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I agree. And I like the fact that you're trying to streamline the process so that when either people can look for the information in this members portal, which you're developing, which is a great idea. And uh, I don't know, possibly also getting either forms that, people fill in some details before they go straight to a yeah. call so yeah, they're it, starting to answer the questions themselves almost exactly so what would happen is are we trying to kind of direct everybody to an online form i suppose where you put in your query give us a little info what it's about you do have an opportunity to attach the documents um and then that way when it comes through we can really assess well, one, the urgency, you know, if it's an unfair dismissal, we need to act on that straight away, whereas some other issues aren't quite as urgent. And we can also make sure the right person's answering that. So most of the time at the moment, that will be me. But, you know, as the team expands, then there'll be some room to kind of delegate that as well for some of the, the more basic things. Um, yeah, and I think bringing that through, one of the things I really like to do is kind of collect data on the types of issues coming through, the types of industries. And so that also kind of adds that that benefit by doing it through the online form. Um, it has all the data analysis behind it too. Yeah, that's really clever. Do you know, I actually paid my way through my final year of university doing a part-time job on a government wage service where people would phone up. But I remember people being so frustrated that the phone call would take half an hour to get through because it was just such an, a busy phone line and stuff like that. So there's services yeah. like that all over the place for employers, but not for employees. So... I think you could really go to town on on quality of advice, but also speed and and some of the data stuff you're building up. So that's really interesting to to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing is, um, 
the fact that you've got that union background that you mentioned or, or some part of it anyway, it reminds me, I had a conversation earlier in um, the podcast with a guy called David Warren, and that was his background. He came from an, a, the a employee unionized side of things. Mm. And now he, what he does is he, he's a, an HR consultant and he advises um, VC firms, uh, investment firms, capital firms on uh, whether to invest in certain companies and what are the industrial relations issues in these large. Mm. So, for instance, it's the equivalent of Australia Post. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting that the the union thing, sometimes people think it, it could be restricting or, I don't know, getting in the way of offering services. But in fact, smart people like you and David and others are actually using that in a, in a really clever way. I love that. Um, what about on the employer side? What kinds of clients are you um, helping and what kind of services are you offering? Yeah, so we have a lot of, I suppose, really diverse range of clients. And for the clients, I find it's either employment relations, a lot of employment contracts, policy and procedure. Um, and then it's also different. My favourite part is the more employee engagement. So, mm-hmm. uh, for, for example, we're actually uh, supporting a netball association, doing a whole values and mission project yeah. to really define who they are and what it means to be a part of that association. Um, and I find that, you know, when you get to engage everybody, you get to meet everybody, you get to really kind of drive some um, positive and motivating kind of behaviours and see everybody kind of come to life. And you can actually see why people are a part of the association. And um, that's definitely some of my favourite things to do. Um, but we've also got other companies, for example, that might be expanding into Western Australia for the first time. So the international Coming to Perth, Australia's got some pretty strict rules. And if you're not sure what they are, um, it can be a bit of a daunting task. Um, And obviously you do have lawyers you can go to, but not everything requires a lawyer. So we're kind of that option where you can still get the advice you need in order to um, run a successful company and and have a really great team in Australia. That's great. Yeah, I like that. So you've looked at the different situations, different use cases, and then you can offer different services. Are you aiming for sort of project work or retainer work or a bit of a mix? How are you doing that? It is a bit of a mix. Um, So I mentioned the Members Hub before. We're also going to develop after that. We'll develop a um, a more of a corporate hub where Mm -hmm. employers can actually access different resources, and that'll be a bit more of a retainer model. But, you know, I get a lot of um, requests from companies that aren't used to outsourcing HR or maybe they've just grown. So it's a bit of a maybe a scary step to take. So Mm. for those um, newer companies and newer clients, sometimes they prefer to just, you know, get a quote for a certain piece of work and we can do that. And then you build that trust and that relationship and then we go from there. Absolutely. So it's a pretty sort of scary time when when launching a business. So when you did launch and, and, and slowly set up and grow, how did you win your first clients? What did you do to find them and attract them and win them over? Well, it was, it, yeah, basically at the moment, all of them have been through either word of mouth or social media. Um, and when it was social media, it's usually because they've seen, for example, on LinkedIn that that we've got some mutual connections and or it's a tag in a post or something like that. So again, it's it's really been about connections because I'm only a new business, I've spent a lot of time really developing the services and working on these platforms and making sure I'm really clear about what I'm offering. And, um, you know, that's it takes quite a while to do that. Um, so I have been assisting clients at the same time, um, but we haven't gone any, you know, travelled down any aggressive marketing tactics or anything as yet. It's all been word of mouth. And um, I like that as well because they yeah. come in with a positive reference. 
it's kind of that first step already where they do trust me because somebody that they trust has referred me on to them. Um, so, yeah, word of mouth. And, and Perth, in, in Perth, HR is really small. I mean, Perth in general is small, but the HR word's even smaller. So, yeah, no, that's great. And LinkedIn is pretty crowded these days with the COVID pandemic and lockdowns and things like that. Do you find it difficult to work out what to say on LinkedIn or what to do? Or how did you approach LinkedIn? Um, for LinkedIn, it was really when I started thinking, yeah, I want to start my business. So it was about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, and I was speaking to some other consultants and just getting their advice on what I should do. And the biggest piece of advice they said is they wished they had kind of gone out and put their name out there earlier than they had and then started yeah. to build that um, rapport. In the age of COVID, LinkedIn was the main avenue in which I could do that once all the networking events closed down. Um, so honestly, what I did was target my connections. I searched different people in HR. I searched people at universities. I searched anyone um, in manager roles, director roles, you know, all of that. And I just added them. And most people connect back. So that's handy. Um, and then from there, engage with posts. So, um, you know, have something interesting to say, comment, um, like, um, ask questions, pose questions. And from there, I've kind of just built it and, um, you know, post things myself. I wrote a few articles. Um, I haven't done that as much lately, but it's something that I enjoy doing and did get a bit of traction with that as well. So it's probably something I'll, you know, once I get a bit, um, get the ball rolling with this a bit more, I'll probably look at doing again. Yeah. But yeah, uh, for LinkedIn, I think it's just give it a go and put yourself out there and um, be genuine and don't, I don't, yeah. I'm not one for the hard sale in the direct messages. I prefer to kind of engage with what people are posting. Yeah. That's, that's very good advice. I'm curious, you mentioned something earlier about some businesses, they're, I don't know, almost afraid, they've got a bit of a fear about outsourcing HR for the first time. How do you address that concern? What do you say or do to get around that issue? Well, I think for some of them, we just started with small things. And I think some people don't realise um, how important human resources is and then you start and you have a conversation um, and you almost audit their current processes and systems to make suggestions and say look this is what you've got at the moment this is what I suggest you do and you might need if you if you don't want to look at that right now that's okay but here are the risks associated with that and here are the perks of doing it now or it's something you probably need to plan for as your business expands or definitely needs to plan for as you expand um, but the more you meet people, the more you chat with people, both managers and their staff, I think people just see the value in it and they understand that I'm not here strictly for industrial relations to tick a box. I actually really care that people have a great workplace. You know, I'm all about what well, kind of created the purpose at employee where we create strong, supported and strategic careers and great workplaces. Um, and that's really kind of essential to what I do. So when I go to a workplace, I think people can pick up that I actually really care and I'm invested in, in the fact that their employees like working there, that um, everyone's treated fairly and that it's okay if you've got a problem and conflict, we can actually address that and use that as an opportunity instead of, you know, instilling fear or distrust or, or whatever mm -hmm. the case is. So Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think people just see that I really care about what I do and um, win them over that way. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. But it, it is a good point you you raised there uh, earlier about just doing something small and yeah. getting them to know, like, trust you, and and then you can suggest new things. That that happens so many times. Yeah, I mean, 
I remember some of my first projects, uh, one was implementing a handbook that they got from somewhere else. And then, well, you need to roll this out to your staff and have sessions so they understand it so they can sign it. And then what are you going to do with your new starters? Well, should we do this every three months and stuff like that? So yeah, you're right. Yeah. It builds up. Um, what is your advice now having you know moved through the, the launch phase? What's your advice to growing a successful HR business? I think putting yourself out there, I know that sounds obvious, but make yourself visible, put your hand up for things. Um, I've also got a bit of a commitment to the community. So I love getting involved at universities, got interns, do uh, go to unis and do different talks and things like that, involved nice. in different workshops. Um, and again, all of that just creates contact uh, content, sorry, for your LinkedIn and social media, which then you tag people in. And from there, you just expand and expand and expand and you get some credibility um, the other thing I think is so essential is that getting a business mentor has been absolutely amazing for me. So I've had a few different mentors. Um, they're part of a program now, um, and we catch up once a week, even if it's just quick. Um, and she she just gives you a bit of confidence that you know you're doing the right thing. Whereas for me, it's you know it's just me making most of these decisions. If I don't have a sounding board, sometimes I lack a bit of confidence to know, you know, is this a good idea? There's something else I should be thinking. How can I take this the next um, to the next step? Or are there any considerations I need to have, you know, in the long term? If I do expand, if I do scale, what is it going to mean? So having someone who's experienced in business. Um, conveniently, my mentor is also in recruitment. Um, I don't do recruitment, but similar fields. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can kind of relate on that level too. So I would definitely advise to get a business mentor that you really gel with as well. We get on like a house on fire. So <laughs> that's really helpful. That's great. That's really good. I'm curious. Uh, I hear a lot on social media about imposter syndrome. Do you ever feel that yourself? Yeah, definitely. I've... Um, Definitely at the start. I've made a few posts and things about that as well, actually. So okay. I, I feel all right about it now. I think I've just realised end of the this is going to sound a bit funny, but at the end of the day, no one really knows what they're doing, so just go for it. <laughs> um, no one's going to be an expert in absolutely everything. That's why people have such a diverse range of careers. So um, back yourself and, and go for it. Um, but I also find the more you research imposter syndrome, the more you see articles from you know really successful business people all talking about their experiences you realize you're not alone and everyone feels like this um so if you are feeling you know like you're suffering from imposter syndrome which is when you feel like you know you don't know what you're doing and you're out of your depths and you don't know how you got this promotion or whatever um just remember to back yourself and you're in this position because you earned it um people don't you know just give you a promotion or uh, anything like that for free you've deserved it so um yeah just keep going and and mm. engage in professional development get a mentor speak to somebody um yeah I think it's perfectly natural but I think it's just as important to actually take steps to overcome it um, a big advocate for mental health and well-being and so if you're letting that make you a bit anxious you just got to be careful that it's not going to stop you from doing something really fantastic um, with your career absolutely yeah, great advice. So you've had some really interesting experiences on the um, various aspects of, of the HR world. What do you think the future holds for HR in the world of work and what should listeners do about it? Yeah, I guess kind of sticking to the context of what we've been talking about with the employee side of things, 
For me, I really see this shift in employees and employers having a genuine relationship built on trust. And I know that, you know, might seem obvious and obviously that's what we all want to try and do. But I have seen, even just with COVID, a change where employers are trusting their employees a lot. And um, my advice would be to make trust your default approach. So what I mean by that, if if an employee is coming to you with an issue or they've got a question about their pay or um, they don't like the way someone's communicating, don't naturally assume the negative or catch yourself out if that is what you're doing. Mm. Trust that they've got a, a positive intent. Trust that they're actually bringing it to your attention because they're engaged in their in their career and in their job um, and do something about it and include them in that decision. So, I mean, with COVID, everyone was forced to kind of work from home and all of a sudden working from home wasn't just a privilege for the senior execs. Everyone was trusted to do that. Mm. And most times everyone did their job. You know, people can be trusted. So for me, that's a, a change that I'm excited to see more and more of is, is a really collaborative, um, flexible dynamic between employees and employers where the default is let's work together and let's um, get really strong outcomes. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's surprising. It, you know, yeah. it's not always that way, but I definitely have seen the push. That's excellent. Yeah, so trust is just essential to it all. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So to wrap things up then, because um, we've covered so much ground and I've learned yeah. a lot and people have learned a lot, um, can you just help listeners by giving a quick summary of what your business does? And then I don't know if you've got any uh, business growth ideas such as books, websites or podcasts that yeah. they might like to check out. Yeah, sure. So employee, we are a human resources consultancy firm. We're based in Western Australia in Perth. Um, and we provide services to both individual employees, managers, and also their organizations. So from an industrial relations issues to employee experience, organizational culture, we're, we're here to help with all of that. Um, in terms of business growth, I think three things I encourage you to check out. First of all, if you are in the world of HR, there's a really good website that you can sign up uh, to called lexology.com you'll be kept up to date with all the things happening in the world of more industrial relations. But for me, that's kind of the foundation of everything. Yep. And you can set your location. So you can do, for me, I have it in Australia, but you can pick any country basically um, or a collection of them. And I've, I've found that's been absolutely awesome just to keep you up to date with what's going on. So that one's lexology.com. Nice. Business-wise, my favourite podcast is Mamma Mia's uh, podcast called Lady Startup. So it is a bit of a female founders club, but <laughs> it's a really engaging podcast and you, you just hear all these different successful, you know, success stories. Um, they are, I think they're pretty much all Australian female founders, um, but you hear about their journeys and including lessons learned. And there's a lot on there about imposter syndrome as well. So that really helped mm -hmm. me through that in the earlier stages. Fantastic. And then number three, I reckon it's about mentors. So for me, I'm, um, I just searched on LinkedIn, but Rare Birds is where I go for mentoring and it's been absolutely awesome. Um, I'm not sponsored or anything to say that. I just <laughs> really think it's been a great experience and my mentor, Beck and I, um, she's been a great, a great help. So if anyone's looking for that business development side, I would really recommend that you check it out. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, if you're listening to this people on the go, then check the show notes for the links there. But yeah, that's some, that's some really good stuff there. And I, and I love the mentoring support you've been getting. It's obviously really paying off. So well done. 
But that just leads me to say thank you very much for sharing your story, your advice and, and, and everything you've achieved so far. I really think it's brilliant. So well done, Ella, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much and thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.